lightning. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Impress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Impress. Now Akiba, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. Conversations with the Royal Empress. This is Dr. Hakima, and joining me is my sister from another mother, my kindred spirit, and my co-host of Royal Empress, Sister Keila. Also joining us is a very special co-host, Donna L. Smith. Let me tell you about this sister. I've known this sister all my life. <laughs> Donna is a mother, a daughter, a sister, a world traveler, and now an author. She is CEO of Borsep LLC, and she is an ICF certified life coach with a focus on coaching young girls and women by coaching them on the topics of accountability, personal development, team building. Donna has a passion for healing by listening and guiding one through self-discovery. How you doing today, Donna? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes, yes. Today, family, we're going to talk about a very serious topic, and it's kind of touchy, too. But the topic of today is the need for life coaching, mentoring in the Black community. All right, family, we're going to talk about the need for life coaching slash mentoring in the Black community. So the first question I want to throw out to you, family, is what is life coaching or mentoring, and why do women need it? And what's the difference between the two? I'll go first. We'll give, yeah. Yeah, we'll give you the floor. <laughs> <laughs> um, life coaching, mentoring, is it, they're really in the same family. So life coaching is basically getting someone to discover themselves because when it, whatever problem we have, we all have the answer to. So if we have the problem, if we create the problem, we also have the answer. So when you coach, you try to lead them and guide people to their own epiphany and finding the answer to their issues without you telling them the answer or what, without you putting your two cents in. Uh, mentoring is the same way, but you know you can put you can give a little more advice. Mentoring, mentoring um, requires or has advice or let let you give advice to people. Life coach is not so much advice; it's it's guiding them to find their own answers. So I find that, and I know in the past I've had mentors, and I find that uh, many of my mentors were either people that I met in a certain career path. So their mentoring or their, the guidance that they gave me was therefore customized for that particular environmental purpose. Mm -hmm. um, 
and it, and the mentor relationship could end once you decide to take a different path in life. Um, but what I've I've learned about a life coach is no matter where the curve of life goes, that life coach can go with you. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? Like I've, I had a mentor when I worked in banking, but when I left banking, it's like, okay, yeah, we could have continued the relationship. However, the whole purpose or the whole, the foundation of that relationship was based on that career path. So when I left that career path, I found that difficult to maintain those relationships with people that was in that particular field. And I'm just using career mentoring as, as a, an example. Um, there's different type of mentoring, but I've noticed just from my own personal experience that it was, it was limited. Um, but I would say from um, people that have become my big sisters or, or big mamas or somebody that's physically like a mom or auntie, their role has been more of a life coaching type thing. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? Is it, have you all shared the same experience or, or something different? What? Well, it's like you said, mentoring is very specific a lot of times. It's in the same family, but it, it's very specific mentoring. And you, you pinpoint certain things that, that the person needs. You know? And I, I find that um, I, I have a life coach. I also, you know, and she is also my mentor mm. and um, life coaches have life coaches. So it's just somebody that will listen to you, somebody that will um, give, give you advice. She can give me advice because she's a therapist, you know, mm. she, she's in that field. So, but um, most of, most of the time, you know, she guides me into, you know, she asks me the right questions to guide me into where I want to be you know, and what I want to do and why I do certain things and makes me have, you know, she, like I said, she makes me have the epiphanies that I need to guide others. Now you mentioned a relationship with the, with this life coach is the she's the, what is the, is she the inspiration of behind why you chose to, to become a life coach yourself? No, my inspiration was um, from a doctor, uh, Dr. Rosenbaum. And he's from Johns Hopkins University. And he's a psychologist and I trained under him. And um, he was my life coach, not my psychologist, because he did, he, and he mentioned that a lot of people, a lot of uh, professional people have coaches and that uh, are, and, and, and want to train to be a coach because it's a very different field. And uh, Dr. Rosenbaum convinced me that I would be a good life coach. So I kept studying under him for about um, seven months. And that was my inspiration. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I knew we call, you know, in, in my other job, I, you know, we call, we say something called jump seat therapy. Mm -hmm. And so I was always good at jump seat therapy. So... <laughs> So it um, kind of led me to that conclusion that I would be good at this. So I, when I studied under Dr. Rosenbaum, he also convinced me and, you know, let me know that I would be good at, at mentoring, not mentoring, I'm sorry, life coaching. Now I have a question because you said jump seat therapy and that's <laughs> totally an airline term. So um, can you explain to us what exactly jump seat therapy is? <laughs> well, I, you know, 
I've been a flight attendant as well for 33 years, almost 34 years. And I'm a former Jones flight attendant. Oh, you are. That's well, why I said that's why I asked that. Sister. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, people people will tell you their whole life story at that, that jump seat. You know, yep, at that jump seat. And you may never see those people again, or you won't see them for a couple of months, or they'll change bases, you yeah. know. But you know that whole, all the intimate details of their yes. life. Yes. And and you sit and you give them, you know, guidance, advice, or whatever. And um, and they and some of them love you for it. And next time they see you, you know, if you haven't told all their business and put it out in you know in the street. <laughs> They talk to you again. So, you know, I, I had many, many years of that. And I was always a person that they wanted to talk to. And I don't know why, you know, I would check my back to see if there was something on my back that said, you can talk to me, you know, but I was always that person that they decided to talk to. That's amazing. And, and it's funny because I completely know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Just, as soon as you said that, because see, I didn't read that in the bio. <laughs> that on the DL. That was on the DL. Right, right. As soon as you said jump seat, I'm like, hold up. <laughs> oh, that is too funny. I'm like, I heard of barbershop therapy, you know, I heard of nail salon therapy, but I ain't never heard of no jump seat therapy. Right. I love it. Oh, so yeah. I guess next time I get on the plane, I need to be trying to make a, a relationship so I can spill all my my guts out. <laughs> and pa passengers will do that too. They yes. will, you know, tell you all their business as well. Cause they, yes. they feel like, well, I'll never see this person again. I don't really know her. And people that, you know, strangers tend to talk more than, you know, mm, your family. Yes. They tend to tell you everything. So <laughs> I learned a lot from my passengers as well as uh, my colleagues. That's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of, um, lessons and and I think one of the one of the things about that particular career is that you meet people from all cultures mm. all walks of life and you hear some of everything and, and, so, and plus plus yeah <laughs> things plus. you don't want to hear <laughs> right right trust me I've heard some things we'll talk about that off the air but yeah. I'm about to say I'm about to say like what <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I can tell you stories. Girl, why do you think people are gravitating towards life coaching? I think people just need to be heard and need to be validated and need, and need to, you know, get some guidance in their life, some kind of guidance, because this world is eating us alive. You know, after COVID especially, you know, it, it's very difficult for a lot of people during COVID because their whole lifestyle changed, changed. And some people didn't deal with that very well. And so they just need people to listen and um, not necessarily help them sometimes. I find that uh, some of my clients, they, they just wanna talk. They just wanna listen. They want you to listen to them, you know? And um, you know, you throw in what you know and, and, and coach, coach them as well as you can, but they just want you to listen. And they, and we all need that, you know, because I, there's a chapter in my book called uh, Take Off the Mask and Breathe, you know, because we are always 
putting on a mask if, you know, for the airline, I got to smile for, you know, for meetings, you know, I've got to sit up straight and, um, you know, have my diction properly, you know, said properly. I've got different faces that I have to put on and some people wear them longer than others. And the ones that wear them too long are the ones that really need for people to listen and, and let go, so to speak. Yeah. I know that there are various forms of coaching. I've actually had a coach before, but mine was more of a, um, a business coach. Okay. Um, but even, even with that, there's still a level of accountability. And I know that that's what you mentioned um, about one of the main focuses too is about accountability and helping people to be accountable. Can we just talk about that accountability piece yeah, and it's it's specific, you know, it's, it's a specific type of coaching. It's a, you know, you have an accountability accountability coach, and and I will ask uh, my clients, you know, do you want me to hold you accountable for this goal that you want to achieve? And you know, and if they say yes, then I will definitely hold them accountable, and I will follow up and talk to them about what they did that that day, show them methods of how to get to that goal, no matter how small of a task that you do daily, but to get to that goal. And then I will follow up and call them and, and, and talk to them and say, hey, what did you do today to reach that goal? And it's so important because we will have a lot of ideas and goals and things that we wanna do, but we never follow through on, on a lot of them. and if there's someone there to hold you accountable, you know, without judgment, then it, it really helps people. And that's, that's where I come in. I, I, I hold them accountable, but I don't judge how they did it. Just tell, tell me, tell me, give me a list of where you want to start. It doesn't matter how small it is, how small the first task or the second task is, but do it, you know, and don't overwhelm yourself. You know, I want to, uh, I have a question too, because uh, in your book, Barefoot in a Box, you go into some very personal and intimate um, experiences that this is hard to, to put your oh, life you? out there in public <laughs> like that. But you, <laughs> you went to some deep, deep uh, experiences. And so my question to you, how important it is when you're trying, when you're dealing with your clients to be able to be comfortable to share intimate details about yourself and your own personal struggles? Well, I, I let them take the time that they need to come, come out with those personal things. You know, I don't want to push anybody to, you know, delve into their past and give me personal details about their past. And they normally, because I have that kind of personality, they normally just come out with it and they start telling me things, you know, and I, and I have to differentiate, you know, life coaching and therapy and psychology and psychiatry and that type of thing, because, you know, I have to stay in my lane, you know, as much advice as I like to give them, sometimes I can't, you know, because of the rules of the, of the um, profession. So I listen and I let them just voice whatever they want to say. And the, the, the best part about it is I never, ever, ever judge them. Never. And that's what they need, you know. 
And no matter what it is, I get it all. You know, they, I don't judge them. So how impactful is it for you to share your own personal experiences when you're dealing with your clients? For me, I mean, when I deal with people and I use my own personal experiences, it, it seems to be more impactful um, when I'm dealing with someone on that, on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, how impactful is it for you um, when you're sharing your own personal experience, your own personal struggles that you've overcome with your clients? Well, um, it helps in some situations. You know, I have to pick and choose who I would like to share things with. It depends on their situation and what they're going through. But, you know, I wrote that book for me. Mm. And um, it was my therapy in hopes that it would help others who have gone through the same thing that I have gone through or have thought like I have thought. But it was more my own personal therapy. So if I could share that with any of my clients and I don't have a problem with it, but now 10 years ago, I might've had a problem with that because I looked at life a little bit differently. And now, you know, I'm happy to tell you what I went through. I don't, I don't have a problem with that because I'm, I'm good, you know, and I'm past it. And um, it's, it's a lot, was a lot of self-healing going on, you know? And so I bet if that helps somebody, yeah, I'm hundred percent willing. I love the title of the book. <laughs> what inspired that? Well, <laughs> I recently I recently got a divorce a year ago. And um, so I was going through a lot of changes emotionally and things like that. And oh, should I leave? Should I not? You know, I need to think about this this person won't be happy, this person won't be happy. And I had been doing that for years and I had to, I had to do it for me. So where Barefoot and a Box came out is, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine and um, he said, you know, you've been talking about this for, for years now, you know, sometimes you just, have, you just have to leave and take action, even if it's walking out the door barefooted with one box. And that was the title of my book. <laughs> and it's true, you know, take action, just do it because you're going you're gonna to have an excuse for everything and anything. You'll make yourself believe you shouldn't do something easy. And sometimes you just have to do it and, and work the details out later. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. You know what, it, you, you started out your book talking about uh, comparing your life to a maze. Now, share, share, share with your listeners the inspiration behind that. Um, go ahead, sir. Well, I was um, running into walls, you know, and every every I would take a left and, and there was something there that stopped me. I would take a right, it was something there that stopped me and I couldn't find my way out. I couldn't, I couldn't discover how to get out of the, the pain and the feelings that I had. And that's when I, I came up with, it's like a maze, you know, because I'm like a little rat that I'm just trying to get, find that way out. And I kept hitting the wall and we all hit the wall so many times. And we, but we eventually, you know, if you just 
meditate, calm down, you will get out. <laughs> and that, I found my way out. And that's where the maze come from, comes from. Now, now, what do you say to you know, our listeners who, who feel like they're in a maze and really don't know how to get out? What, what, what message could you give them to help them get out of that maze? Just stop, mm. be in the present and meditate. Meditation is very important to me. And, and I think it works, it, once you learn how to meditate, once you get into that, that realm of, you know, impossibility to some, but once you get into that um, meditation phase of your mind, it, it's healing and it really, really works. So just stop, stop and breathe and think about yourself put yourself first because you know you don't put yourself first as mothers you know you're always doing something for the kids or you know the, the husband the, the you know the friends you know and and never and a lot of us never take time for us and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, some people will call you selfish or, you know, you should be home taking care of your kids or, you know, and your kids might be 40 years old, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, he ain't no kid no more, but some mothers mother their children until they're 30, 40, 50 years old or until they pass this earth. So take some time for yourself and meditate. What is it that you want? to share with us about your journey and what people need to know about you? Like, what do you have to add to? One phrase, the, uh, one phrase, it's okay not to be okay. Mm. You know, that's what I'm trying to let people know. You, no one is perfect. Even the ones that look perfect, no one. And as you know, with the jump seat therapy, I found that out real quick. Oh my God, I didn't know you was like that. You know, but you know it's okay not to be okay you know embrace your flaws embrace who you are uh and don't let people judge you and convince you that you're not something you are who you are and embrace that you sought a, a life coach yourself so you've already told us about your relationship with your life coach mm -hmm. what made you go in that direction my sister circle. Mm. Okay. So <laughs> that tribe, that tribe, we always speak about tribe. <laughs> fabulous sister circle. Oh, I met I met the sister circle yesterday. No, not that sister circle. Not that sister circle. Okay. <laughs> but that's another sister circle. Oh, that's another sister circle. <laughs> but I have a fabulous sister circle of uh, a couple of years old, you know, older than me, most of them, and then we also have a couple of young ones in the group. And they are accomplished and beautiful African-American women. And they just made me feel comfortable and let me know that they're not okay either. And all the accomplishments that they have made, you know, there are times when they're not okay either. You know, we've had tears, we have, we've had everything. And one of the ladies in there, is um, Dory, her name is Dory Scott, Dory C. Scott. And she's been through it all. And she's a therapist and she's 
um, a communications expert and she does many, many, I can't even name the 20 things that she does, you know, and she's fabulous. And she just started sharing things with me. And um, when I found out that she was a, a coach, I decided, okay, you know what, I'm gonna see how this goes. Cause I need a coach too, you know, and <laughs> she has helped me tremendously in um, seeing things differently with a different perspective. Mm. Now, one of my questions is to is this, like, what, there are women who are at this crossroad in their life, may not know when they need to have some type of coaching or mentoring. How does a woman get to a point where she says, this is the moment that I need, I, I know I need to reach out and get assistance from someone else, guidance from someone else. At what point, at what point for a woman when she can recognize that this is when I need to move forward and get me a life coach or a mentor? When your health is affected, mm, okay, you know, because this affects our health, keeping all this stuff inside and keeping, um, you know, ourselves, you know, closed in, it affects our health. So that, that could be a time where she has to say, well, let me get some help somehow. And a mm. lot of people can't really afford some, you know, therapists and psychologists and things like that. So life coach kind of comes in handy to where at least they can vent their frustrations and um, talk to people who may have been through what you have been through. And so the health, I think, is one big thing because you'll, you'll see your health deteriorate when you are, when you are troubled. Yeah, I would certainly say that I don't think that everything rises to the level of meeting a therapist. Um, because sometimes for me, I think it's just a matter of being stuck. Yeah. So not, a, you know what I mean? Like, even if it's not my health, but if you're stuck, you don't necessarily have to go to a therapist because you're stuck right. and, and maybe procrastinating and just can't get that task list list together you know where you can't move i mean i don't know like if because what are the reasons that your clients are coming to you i'm real easy to talk to right so uh, the marketing helps but uh, i'm a real easy person to talk to and i i make people feel comfortable and so they'll they'll they might talk to me on in a, at a different occasion or something like that and they find out i'm a life coach and then they say, oh, well, let me call her and see what this is about. And it just happens. I, you know, I could, I could contest to that, you know, for, for the listening audience. This is my big cousin, Donna. This, this, we call her Big Donna in the family. And, and, and majority of my life, um, when I've had issues, especially in my teen life, um, when I was a young teen, going up to my older teens, when I had issues or serious issues, Guess who I used to reach out to, right, Donna? And I had so many questions. I remember that that point of uh, of my breakthrough of Islam, and you gave me the greatest advice. I don't know if you remember, and you were listening to me, and you said, "Go with your heart, make your prayer, and after that, listen for the answer and go with your heart." Because I was so torn with, "Well, but my mama gonna say this, or uh, 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 my grandma gonna say this," and you was like, "Regardless of all that." And I said, what do you say? What the, there you go. And you put it right back on me. And it just, it freed me of 
<laughs> Why am I trying to make a decision based on someone else, my mom or, or my grandma, or what they're going to think? There was just, it was, it seemed like such a simple statement. You was like, go with your heart, do what you want to do, not what everybody else wants you to do. And I ain't look back. I did whatever <laughs> I wanted to do. <laughs> and, yeah, and a lot of people to this day is like, mm. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I share that to say you were excellent listener. Like, I think I, I think I might have went on and on and on for a while. And then at the, you didn't do much talking. You just let me listen. And at the end, he was like, what do you want to do, though? And it, it just made, I felt so good. So I just want to share with the audience. So when you talked about earlier in your bio, we talked about earlier in your, in your bio, you talking about your passion for listening and help guide someone on that self-discovery. I am a, I, I'm an original client. That's what I, I'm an original client. I go back to that because that helped me. That was the building block for me to say, I got to do things for me. I can't do things for other people. And this is before you even put the label on yourself. You was already doing it. I just had, I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> now I have another question too, because that was really pretty much a statement. What are some of the characteristics that someone would need if they just want to be a life coach or if they want to be a mentor to someone? Because everybody out there ain't mentor qualified or life coach qualified. You have some people out there giving the wrong advice. But I just want to know from your perspective, what does someone need to really go out there and say, I'm going to be a life coach and I'm ready. I'm ready to, to start that journey. Unfortunately, I'll say this, they don't require any credentials for a basic life coach. But that that just wasn't right to me. You know, I wanted to learn more and learn the right way. And, you know, because it, it's all, um, you know, confidential. And I wanted to learn those rules and, and um, you know, be sharp on what I was doing. And they're gonna start probably within the next uh, six months to a year to acquire certain credentials because anybody could go out there and, you know, and I call it fake coaches, you know. <laughs> fake coaches. Right, but they don't wanna take the time to do the learning and um, do the work required. It's not required, but that's needed to be an effective life coach. Mm. So somebody who's ready to learn you know, and, and wanting to really get into their craft the right way instead of just going out there to get a hustle on or make, make, make a little money here and there. You know, it's more to it than that. I'm doing it to help people and to really guide people in the right direction. So what should those looking for a life coach look for when they select one? Mm, that's a good question. Okay. Um, the listening skills is one big one because some, some coaches, you know, they wanted to talk the most and, and show people, you know, that they're valid and, and talk too much. And those are the ones that haven't really, um, got, had any training, you know, and they just want to give advice and you, you know, you can't do that as a, as a, a credential life coach, you know, so look for someone who will genuinely listen to you and, you know, and you can tell 
you can feel vibes like like right now if i was coaching you you know if i'm doing you know oh let me do this okay mm -mm. Oh, oh what did you say you know and not really paying attention to you you can tell immediately so find somebody that will really listen to you and and validate who you are you know by listening to you so that's the biggest one is someone who can listen effectively you belong to the ifc how, do you feel like that designation is something that they should look for? Uh, yeah, I do. But okay. like I said, it's not required, but I think that that definitely is something that they should look for, you know, and, um, you know, it goes different levels, you know, it goes all the way to master, master life coach and, you know, and there's a lot of hours that are included in that training. And that's what I am working toward that is to be the, a master life coach. Yeah. So yeah, you look for someone with that IFC credential. You know, uh, life coaching has become such a buzzword in social media. So uh, and I, everywhere, everywhere I look, I know I see all these life coaches and I see all these different people giving advice. Um, and I know in our community, our, our women are all over the place. Our women are suffering. So there is a there is a great need for it. What are your what are your thoughts on those people who are out there um, giving advice on in social media and, and, and one in particular I want to mention is Kevin Samuels. What are your thoughts on on people like that like him and, and others? They're, they're doing them, you know. I don't I don't even think about that because <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do me, you know. Like um, I also team coach or uh, team building and group coach. Yeah. So um, I was saying yesterday to my audience that uh, I volunteer for a women's shelter or women's center. Mm -hmm. And um, these are abused women that really are dealing with mental issues. And so with the group coaching with them, you know, I can let them know that I'm not judging you, you're valid, you know, and they need a lot of attention and help with their, you know, their life choices, because we make bad choices sometimes. And in their situation, they made choices that put them in that shelter. And um, so it's okay. I let them know it's okay. We're going to get through this. And that's all, that's all volunteer. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know, charge anything for that, you know, so I, I enjoy doing that. I enjoy, you know, helping women who can't help themselves. Now, what type of uh, life coaching do you see um, black, black women needing in, in the community? Anything in particular, just from your perspective or your vantage point, what specifically do you think or you find that you're coaching black women on the most? accountability mm. yeah okay <laughs> don't just tell me you're gonna do something i'm gonna make you do it <laughs> you, know, you know oh well i want to do this i said do you know and i'll ask do you really you know tell me why show me how mm. you know show me how you want to do this what's your plan do you mm. have a plan you know you have to ask the right questions you know so accountability yeah let's let's get you there you know, if you really want to do this, let's get you there. So I do enjoy that the most. 
because you know I have a quite the strong personality, so <laughs> I like to bump people around sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else besides accountability? <laughs> um, relationship coaching, you know, that's needed because women make choices because they don't want to be alone they you know want a companion they need somebody to be in charge you know and that's definitely needed relationship coaching how how are you going to handle your relationship you know are you doing this for him or her or are you doing it for yourself so you have to ask those questions and, and, you know, we make some real bad choices in relationships and we don't see things that somebody else might be able to see. So I might see something that they can't see because they're, you know, like when they say love is blind, it is, you know, it really is. Lust is blind too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I heard that way. <laughs> what you write, lust is blind. <laughs> All right, now, if, listeners, you know what time it is. It's time for our challenges, and we got some good ones today. I'm going to challenge you today, sisters. What you need to do when you are in a situation and you feel like in a maze, just like Donna said in the beginning of the book, life would be like a maze, stop and be in the present. So, so often we, we, try to, we try to deal with the problem at the end. Stop and be in the present. Stop and breathe. Mm -hmm. Also, it's important for us to meditate. We don't like to meditate. And meditate is just stop and thinking, cutting the TV off, putting the cell phone down, and not listening to anybody else but just meditating. A, a friend of mine told me that prayer is for asking, meditation is for listening. So learn to meditate. Uh, another thing you need to do is to put yourself first. Thank you, Donna, so, for so eloquently putting that. Like you told me when I was a teenager, put yourself first. Listen to you do what you want to do, not what somebody else wants you to do. Another thing, um, listeners, it's okay to not be okay. We need to stop putting on this front like everything is all right. Everything is not okay, and you know it's not okay but it's okay for things not to be okay. That's the first stage to making changes when you can acknowledge that everything is not okay. When do you need a life coach? It's when your health is affected. If your problems are affecting your health, it's time to get a life coach, family. When you need to vent and there's no one logical to vent to, someone who's not gonna judge you, it's time to get you a life coach. The next thing is when you feel stuck, and no one can really give you the information and knowledge that you need, the guidance that you need to be unstuck, that when it is time for you to get you a life coach, that's when it's time to call Donna. That's just, that's what it's all about. <laughs> now, what, what characteristics does a person need to be a life coach? You got to be somebody that's willing to learn. As you teach, as you guide, you learn. You learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about others. But you got to be ready to learn. You got to be a great listener because if you ain't listening, how are you going to help your client? You also got to work on building your craft. So many of us have a story to tell, as we talked about yesterday. It's your, it's your a book signing event the importance of telling your story. Everyone has a story. Donna has told hers, go get the book, Barefoot and a Box, so that you can hear Donna Smith's story. Next, listening. Always be listening, 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 family. 
not only should you be listening to your own, listening to your own self, but also listening to others. We have got to be open to coaching family. The reason why we're in a situation that we're in is because we don't want to seek any type of outside guidance. We want to talk to God and we want him to give us an answer, but we don't realize that he gives us an answer through people. Mm -hmm. So those are my challenges for today. And now, uh, Donna, this is where we give our, our, our uh, co-hosts a time to share how people could reach out to you. It's also a time to share the information on where they can purchase your book and to give that listening audience your last words. Okay. So you have the floor. <laughs> okay. Um, my website is voracept.com, and that's V as in Victor, O R E C as in Charles, E P as in Paul, T as in Tom, dot com. Uh, you'll you'll see uh, the different things you can do to uh, uh, get a life coach and what you need and you, you can look at that and um, you know call me call me about life coaching and 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 let me help you find you and um, my IG is Vorcept nineteen oh eight and um, the uh, what you know I'm not good with these. <laughs> <laughs> Social media. Uh, <laughs> my my Instagram is the same. Forcep nineteen oh eight. So. In the book, you can you can buy the book on the website, as well as um, Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Okay. Any any last words you want to say that you want to communicate or leave our listening audience with? Take care of you. So important, and it's okay not to be okay. I love it. Love it. You know, I, I'm, let me add something to, to a quote that you put is, I, I want to do, I want to pull something out of your book. And you said, I never lose. I either win or I learn. Now that was the biggest impact for me in the book as far as your quote. So I just want to, I want to throw that out there too. <laughs> All right. Keely, any last words before we, before we say goodbye to the audience? She said, no. All right, listener audience, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you tuning in with us on every episode. Until next time, peace and blessings. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Impress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Empress, please visit the website royalempress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization. All rights reserved.